Hey everybody, welcome back to Stadia Cast. We took a week off and it was very refreshing to not have to get up and work on the weekend, but I'm excited to get back and talk to you guys about Stadia. I'm Bill, that's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? It's not much, man. It's been uh, it's weird that it's been 2 weeks since we last did a show. It's it's uh yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. I I'm happy to be back to talk about Stadia. There was a lot that happened in the in those yeah. two weeks we're like exactly. i remember i was kind of struggling with the fact that we had decided to take uh this, uh, this uh, easter sunday off because i was like man there's a lot of news to talk about um uh, mm-hmm. but that's okay we could talk about it next week it's still it's still there as news uh <laughs> before we do get started with actually talking about the show we do record this live over on our youtube channel over at nerdnest.tv uh u.s eastern 10 a.m every single sunday except for apparently easter and uh, if you are here with us live and you want to support the show, you can become a member. You can use Super Chats. You can, uh, if you're not here live, you can click the applaud button afterwards. And that all supports the show. And of course, you could buy a shirt or a tote bag or a sticker or something like that. All of our <laughs> merchandise is, is there as well. Uh, we always start the show with what we've been playing. Lloyd, what have you been playing, man? I've been playing lots, dude. Uh, it's been it's been a good gaming uh, couple weeks. Uh, first off, let's uh, let's talk about Outriders, man. I, I know you've been playing it as well. I've been playing it. Um, I I really I really like the game. I like everything about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the setting, the world, the characters, the voice acting, the story, just kind of everything that's around it. Um, and I've played other games like that where I really love the setting. And then you get into the gameplay and it's just like, oh, okay, well, uh, the setting's cool, but that's about it. Um, I'm happy to to say that Outriders hasn't done that to me yet. Um, I've played probably about 10 to 12 hours on my main character. Um, I've played a a combination between um, on Stadia, which is still on version one. I've played a little bit on um, Series X um, on version 1.3, just to see what the difference are, or 1.2 or whatever, whatever the patch level is. Um, I really hope that Stadia gets the patch really soon because a lot of the performance uh, issues that are in that version seem to be fixed uh, on the Xbox version. So I'm hopeful that we'll get a patch in the next week or so and the Stadia version will be uh, much, much, much better. But um, I love everything about it. It takes um, it takes kind of like the, the gunplay, um, the um, cover-based shooting mechanic from Gears of War, the roadie running from cover to cover, is there it takes kind of the the looter shooter mechanics of say a division and puts it there it takes the class-based powers and just kind of overpowered magic kind of stuff that you get from say destiny and it smushes it all into one game and it actually works usually when you take these disparate elements something sticks out like a sore thumb Nothing in this game is doing that to me. I'm really, really loving it um, for for so many different reasons. Yeah, um, I really like the game, but man, it is a crappy, crappy port everywhere. Um, Now, I haven't played it on Xbox, but I've played it on PC, uh, GeForce Mm. Now, and on Stadia. Uh, Right now, Stadia is definitely in the worst place because it's the furthest behind as far as version numbers, like you said. But everywhere that I've played it has been a nightmare. Um, I loaded up on my computer, and uh, I first off, my HUD isn't there. So then what I have to do is I have to go through and go into the HUD menu 
turn off all of the HUD things. Really? Get back out, turn the, all of the HUD things back on, then go back to the lobby and then jump back into the game. And then my HUD is there. And this happens like every time that I start the game. Um, I haven't had wow. any of that issue with the Stadia version, but with the Stadia version, I just had a ridiculous amount of slowdown um, yeah. and really, really framey stuff going on, and it was really yeah. frustrating to play. Um, and then sometimes, like, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll be in a, I'll, I'll join a random group because I, I don't care about the story too much. I felt like the story was doing interesting things, mm-hmm. but I want to play with other people, uh, and trying to just follow the story makes it feel like I'm limiting myself. I can't, I can't find other people to play with because I didn't play it like right away. And so everybody's miles ahead of me. And so I was like, forget it. I'll just ignore the story and I'm just going to play with random people. So I, I joined a group of random people and they're all just standing around and I'm like, Hey everybody, can we go, you know, shoot the bad guys? (laughs) And they're just standing there AFK or something. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to quit to the lobby and try and find somebody else. And when I quit quit to the lobby, the game crashes. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I'm going to wait and uh, tackle this game some more once it's made some progress. Maybe once the patch comes to Stadia. I also will say, when I play Division 2 or Destiny 2 or Doom Eternal or any other shooter on Stadia, I don't feel any lag. I yeah. never really noticed any lag on any of those ga- games. Mm-hmm. This game feels laggy to me. Yeah. Really I, laggy. And it's not just on Stadia. It feels laggy on GeForce Now as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a I've, very... I feel like it's a bad port, which is so weird because Square did such a fantastic job porting... I mean, I know it's not a first-person shooter, but porting Dragon Quest Eleven S to Stadia, right. it runs right. wonderfully. So... Yeah. I feel like maybe they just have the the good port team and the bad port team, and Outriders <laughs> got the bad port team or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've I've noticed um, when I first started playing on day one, I played on Stadia and then I played on Xbox, and there definitely was some lag. Like you would you'd go to move your your aiming reticule, and it would take a half second to start moving. Um, you'd you'd be lined up for a headshot, you'd pull the trigger. And then like a half second later, the bullet would come out and you'd miss the headshot because the guy would duck down. Um, I think most of that performance was was fixed with the version 1.1 patch because on Xbox, it started playing better. Stadia hasn't gotten it. So I'm still noticing those issues. So I, I think there's some some net code that's getting in the way here, like something with the fact that it's a kind of an always online game, even if you're playing single player, there's still a lot of server work that's that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um it's throwing a lot of that stuff out of whack. Um, so hopefully once the patches come out, um, it, it'll make things a little bit easier in, in that regards. Um, I've I've been absolutely loving it. I haven't played any multiplayer. Um, I've seen almost zero issues um, playing on the Xbox version um, in single player. There's no lag. There's no jitteriness. Uh, about the worst I've seen is I loaded in. I, I went to, uh, to, to Jacob, <laughs> as he calls him. I keep reading it Jacob, but he's like, Jacob. Uh, what are you doing? Blah, 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 which makes me smile every time. Um, and I told him to bring me from my base camp to a different camp. And when I did that, none of the geometry loaded in except for kind of like the base level geometry. <laughs> so in a building, there'd be like a floor, but it's like an L shape. And you know that there's more to the floor than that, but they built it out of numerous components. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I'm running around and I'm kind of laughing that the world looks ridiculous. And all of the loot chests were visible because all of the walls were gone. And I'm like, this is the best bug ever. I went and I grabbed all these loot chests and got all my loot and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to travel somewhere else. Hopefully it still happens. And then the bug was fixed and it never happened again. So um, the bugs have been um, kind of fun in, in that regards. But um, I, I really love the, uh, the gunplay. Uh, I'm playing as the pyromancer kind of character. So you light people on fire. If they die while they're on fire, you get health back. Um, I love that Outriders takes um, cues from Doom, uh, uh, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, where you always have to forward. Because if you sit back and are just playing the like duck behind cover, pop up and take shots, you're going to keep taking damage and you're not getting any health back. So you're you're constantly pressured to not take damage, but then also, crap, I'm going to have to take damage if I want to heal because there's uh, there's a guy with a shield coming at me and he has a helmet on. I know it's going to be a hard fight. I got to kill these little peons first and get some of the stuff back. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm really loving the game. I, I love the world. I want to see how it all plays out. And I'm curious to see what squares plan for um additional content is there there isn't any open world kind of areas like a destiny where you can just like go to the moon and just run around doing weird challenges and things like that similar to um uh some of the other looter shooters where you can just go to kind of open world things you don't have to always be doing a mission um i hope some of that stuff comes i hope that they keep um that they keep adding new content and new things to do. Um, there's side missions, but it doesn't seem like they're as plentiful as I thought that they would be. Uh, like maybe I'm used to cyberpunk where you can't trip over a can without starting three other side missions uh, that you can take, take at your own pace. Um, so yeah, I, I hope there's more uh, coming more content once they get all these patches out there. Um, but yeah, I really, really hope that they can get every single, um, version to the same level so that they can re-enable cross-play um, because that is sorely needed on the Stadia version um, as well if I want to play uh, with some friends and whatever. Uh, not not necessarily everybody wants to play on Stadia, so cross-play is going to be huge uh, for this game in the future. Oh, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I want to talk, like, I complained a bunch about the bugginess of the game and that it's a crappy port, but I also really like the mechanics of the game. I don't like the the implementation because it's, it feels like they released it before they should have. That's really what it feels like to me. Um, so I fully expect that once they get a few patches under their belt, it's going to be pretty solid. Um, I really also like the gunplay. It, it feels really good. The, the, the fact of the matter, uh, or the, the thing that you said earlier about, you know, sitting back behind cover and kind of plinking away at somebody uh, is not a great um way to do it because you're gonna you're you're gonna get killed uh, i ran into that my first time playing because the game is like here's a cover mechanic and so me as a video game player thought oh i need to use this cover mechanic as soon as i got it out of my head that i needed to use the cover mechanic i started doing infinitely better um mm. also i didn't notice at the same time i didn't notice right away that the class that I took gets a ridiculous amount of health back by killing somebody that's close to you. So I was I was sitting back and plinking away at them, but they were flanking me and taking my health down real fast. And I had no good way to regen my, my health because I didn't realize how significant uh, the Devastator class uh, is up close. 
And when you mm. start getting up in somebody's face and, you know, uh, you, you take out a couple of guys that are close to you, you get a huge health boost. And once that clicked with me, I was like, okay, this is really cool. The other things about this that I really like are the RPG mechanics, uh, which are fantastic. Um, each each class has three separate trees that you can kind of branch your way down to, to further specialize your class. Yep. And then on top of that, you also have like, I could be wrong, but I think it's like nine um, abilities to choose from, but you only have three slots. So right. like you, you can come into a situation and be like, all right, against this particular type of boss, I probably don't want to have this ability. I want to have these two abilities instead, like that kind of thing. I think that that's really compelling for gameplay and it allows people to... Uh, let, let's be honest, somebody's going to figure out the like the best, uh, you know, the yeah. most optimal, the meta thing. Yeah. But it, you know, you don't have to follow the meta. And it means that you and I could both play as a devastator, but we could play completely different. Uh, there's cat hair flying around in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I love that as well. And the fact that, as you said, your devastator could be different from my devastator. I love the fact that you can just reset your skill tree and try something different if, if you need to. Like, there's no punishment. Uh, the one thing that is a little bit awkward that I wish was a little bit easier is if you want to try out the other classes, you basically have to start at the start of the game and go through kind of all the levels um, again. It, you can't just unlock a character and then replay levels that you've already done with another one, um, which hopefully that will come because I don't really want to replay the whole game as a devastator and replay the whole game as a trickster person and then replay it as this, um, as kind of the pyromancer. I, I want to I try those other characters without having to redo the content over and over again. Um, but yeah, I, the the gunplay, the, the the magic powers that you get, the the story around it, the world. Like when you first drop on that alien planet, and it's like something out of Avatar. It's like all beautiful jungle and floating rocks, and I'm like, oh my god, I love this world. And then you wake up from going back into cryo sleep, and it's basically like the whole world's been raised and it's on fire and i'm like oh my god i hate this world and then you play some of the missions and there's little bits of both of that um i i really like the story that um that that square enix is telling with this game and i really hope that people give it a time of day that this kind of rough launch with servers being down and all that stuff kind of is quickly forgotten and people just move on to a, a really really fun title because outriders definitely is that it's better than what i anticipated it would be after seeing the the, the the demos and listening to all the pundits kind of talk about kind of the gameplay and why they are worried for this game i'm happy to 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 find out that really none of that is true the the game is awesome we just need the performance to kind of get up to that same level yeah I, and um i think that in time that will happen i i've i've played a million a million i've played quite a few games where they have had terrible launches and turned out to be really, really fantastic games. Uh, mostly uh, online-style games like Final Fantasy XIV or Elder Scrolls Online. Like Both of those games had terrible launches and turned out to be fantastic experiences later on. So I fully anticipate that this, uh, this game can do that too. Yeah. I just... I wish they hadn't launched it yet. I wish they'd wait till June or something and just given the devs some more time to get it right. Um, yeah. And as far as the servers being down, 
that's not a big deal. Uh, that happens. happens with every major online game because the the devs plan for X number of people to be able to play all at the same time. But on day one, everybody who bought the game is trying to yeah. play at the same time. And, and the devs know, look, we could increase the server capacity by spending mm-hmm. a bunch of money. But then what's going to happen is that the servers will then be like those extra servers that we buy will be useless when the the uh community starts to uh go to from launch day down to its smaller consistent numbers and so anytime that you have a game that is server-based when and it's um a pretty hyped game you're going to run into those server issues so that's not a big deal at all all right so Go ahead. Do you want to say uh, one more thing? Just a couple, couple quick things. Um, this couple? game's launch. One's really quick. Uh, <laughs> this game's launch is different than pretty much every other game like this because it was available for free on Game Pass, meaning that probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, mm, yeah. millions of people that wouldn't have bought the game immediately had the chance to download it and play it on day one and then run into the server's issues. So I'm sure that was kind of the reason for their their big crunch. And um, yeah, I can't remember what else I was going to say. We can move on. (laughs) I was just kidding, (laughs) man. Uh, Okay, um, real quick, I didn't spend a lot of time playing it, but I played uh, Resident Evil 7. I did a first look on it. That's how long ago our last episode was because that was a while back. Yeah. Oh, my God. That game is too intense for me. And I'm looking forward to Resident Evil 8. Um, But there's... Because I played Resident Evil 2 on my -hmm. my PS4, the remake, and that didn't bother me. But playing playing Resident Evil 7, there's something that they did with that setting that made Mm -hmm. me so uncomfortable and anxious, and I did not like the way it made me feel. So I will probably never play it again. It's and, and uh, Jerome in in chat is saying scary. It's, I mean, yes, it's scary, mm-hmm. but it's more than scary. There's something about it that I don't like the way it makes me feel. Yep. So I don't think I'll ever play it again. But that doesn't <laughs> mean that it's a bad game. It's a really really good game. Like they did a great job. And I've only played I've only played a like the first. 30 minutes or so um but holy cow that was some of the most (laughs) uncomfortable 30 minutes that i have ever had to deal with uh playing a video game i will never go back to it again but if you (laughs) if 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 you don't think it's going to bother you i think that people should check it out because it's it's an extremely good port anytime you're playing a game on stadia that is very, very dark, you can always tell who's done a good job and who's done not such a good job on uh, on the Stadia port because you'll see a lot of macro blocking, uh, big yeah. kind of gray things in the dark, which at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but if you pause the game and you look, you're like, or, or if you take a freeze frame from it and you look, you're like, oh, look at that. It's kind of ugly there. Um and that's a, a streaming and compression issue. I didn't yeah. see any of that in in Res. And it's a very it's a very dark game. 
but very, very I didn't see game. any of that in this. I think that Capcom did a very good job with this game, and they did a great job with the port too. Uh, Fantastic! And port. you you've played you've played the whole thing a hundred percent through in VR yeah. because you're a psychopath. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that, everybody that should play true. it? Uh, Resident Evil Seven is a great game. Um, um, Bill Bill said I played the whole thing in VR. Uh, I did, except for a couple segments that were giving me too much um, nausea from because I get motion sickness from PlayStation VR. I played the whole thing in PlayStation VR, except for maybe an hour in total. The game is creepy. Um, back when the game first came out, I think I put it this way: um, like Friday the Thirteenth and paranormal activity are both horror movies but they are vastly different horror yeah. movies older resident evil games are like friday the 13th they're gory they're there's some slasher elements there's some scary elements but you have a lot of rest time between all those things um resident evil 7 is like paranormal activity where the whole thing is creepy it ramps up it uses psychological tropes to kind of get your brain in certain things it gets you off the edge and it keeps pushing you off the edge um, as you're playing through it that game is scary uh in vr i had to almost wear um depends because there's <laughs> times when i wanted to rip off my helmet and throw it but then you realize you have an expensive piece of equipment on your face and you don't want to do that so you hit pause and take a deep breath um, the, uh, Stadia port of Resident Evil 7 is fantastic. It looks best, um, better than any other version that I've seen. Um, I'm looking forward to going through some of the game. I don't think I'm going to replay it. Um, but there are some, some fights in the game that I really liked that are just super scary. Um, and, and things like that. The best part about Resident Evil 7 on Stadia was watching Bill's playthrough and just seeing his face and the, oh, like that, that thing. <laughs> Whenever you do that, Bill, it makes me laugh. And then the the funniest thing that I've ever seen you do is as the as the outro's rolling on your video, uh, you I can hear you take off your headset and you're like, oh, I didn't like that at all. And then the <laughs> video cuts, and I'm like, oh my god, that is the the most like unintended but intended hilarity that I've ever seen in one of your videos. The game is so good. If you like scary, if you like if you like feeling uh, like put on like. I don't know in a point of unease resident evil 7 is definitely that uh, you go into a new room and it's gross there's cockroaches there's spoiled food there's moans there's people there's there's things going by windows um yeah this this is a good game to uh to scare the the bejesus out of you and i didn't even get to a single jump scare like people in the, <laughs> were, were giving me the comments in my on my video and they were like you're like five minutes away from the first jump scare and i was like well i'll yeah. never find out <laughs> yeah i i really hoped you what you got into kind of like the crawl spacey basement thing the, the the thing that first scared me and made me want to rip off my my helmet but <laughs> i guess that's like an hour into the game or whatever um yeah it, it's good i i'm i'm actually more excited for resident evil uh village now on stadia because of how good of a port they did for resident evil 7 yeah capcom did a great job and i want to see yeah. more capcom games on stadia i want street fighter I want Monster Hunter. I want Mega Man. Uh, Capcom, bring me the games, man. Uh, what else have you been playing this week? Um, I, I've uh, jumped into Trine Four a little bit. Um, it's I, I love Trine the the series. I've played Trine One to death. Uh, beat it multiple times on different platforms. Love that game. Uh, two and three I've played. I don't believe I've finished either of them. Maybe two. It's so long ago I can't remember. 
Uh, Trine 4 feels like such a breath of fresh air. The uh, the engine that they're using, the graphics remind me a lot of kind of like a refined World of Warcraft style where everything is kind of super deformed, but not really. It looks more like kind of real human kind of uh, ratios in your body. Uh, but the engine, the the controls, everything is great. And I'm, uh, I'm really excited to uh, play through the rest of Trine 4 uh, kind of at my leisure as kind of a... Uh, I don't know, uh, a, a dinner mint to kind of cleanse my palate between other games. It's an exceedingly it's a, pretty game. It is very pretty, especially when you're in the kind of like the crystal area. It's just like the blues and whites and purples. It's just such a, a beautiful looking game. Uh, I've been I've been really enjoying that one. All right. Let's talk about um, the the pro games. We already talked about one of them. Resident Evil 7 uh, came out as a pro game for this month, which is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. But we also got... This one made me laugh because you kept predicting that we would get this as a pro game and then it didn't. And then finally the one we month. were like, well, let's make, one let's month make our predictions. And you didn't mention it. And then it's a pro game. So Piku Niku, uh, Ease 8, and uh, the SpongeBob game. Of those three, uh, yep. which one do you think is the one that everybody needs to jump into right away? Uh, SpongeBob, that is a platformer. It's uh, people classified as one of the best 3D platformers. It came out during like the GameCube era. Um, it's a fantastic game. It is really, really good. And now that everybody that has a pro or signs up for a free one month pro has access to play the re uh, rehydrated version of this game, uh, you definitely should go check it out. It's good for little kids. It's good for uh, for adults. It's good for everybody in between. Uh, it's just a really fun game. Uh, if if you don't if you're not a SpongeBob fan, if you don't like that cartoon, you don't like the character. Piku Niku is a surprisingly fun game. Um, as Bill said, I predicted it every month except for this last month. I said I've said Piku Niku every month. It's obviously not coming to pro, so I'm not going to predict it. And then it comes to pro. So that's the new <laughs> thing I'm going to say about every game that I want to come to pro. <laughs> there you go. Um, and and I would say definitely check out Ease Eight. It is a action jrpg um if and you know what i don't think that there's only one action jrpg on stadia right now and that would be final fantasy 15 this is very different than final fantasy 15 but it's in that same genre of it's a jrpg where it's mostly actiony instead of menu menu e i don't know if that's a word or not uh, but it's a really cool game i played it before i haven't tried it on stadia just because i've been too busy with other stuff uh, but I've heard uh, that there's a lot of people who are really, really enjoying Ease 8 and, um, you know, help you get ready for that style of game when Ease 9 comes out, uh, I think not too far from now, I believe. Um, let's talk really quick about Killer Queen Black. because It's not a pro game, but Killer Queen Black is also now on Stadia. Uh, you've played that one before, right? I have. Um I just don't understand Killer Queen Black. Like it's one of those games where I I think I need to play local comp, um, local co op with people that know how to play the game for me to really just kind of grok what you have to do. Like I understand there's three ways to win. There's different character classes. I get all that. I just I don't I don't I, for some reason it just doesn't seem fun to me. Even though 
it should. I, I love multiplayer games. I love uh, team-based games. This is a team-based multiplayer game uh, that you compete with online. Um, so I need to put a little bit more time into it. Maybe this is something that we can that we can do as like the nerd nest, get get all together and, and play together with some people that know how. Uh, because for all intents and purposes, I should really um, love this game more than I do. Uh, I've tried it a couple times and it just it's just not clicking for me. But uh, it plays well on Stadia. And uh, the the thing that I really love about the other versions of Killer Queen Black is the the uh, KQTV where you can just watch random matches play out. So if you like the game but don't want to play it at that moment, you just fire it up and it will connect you to a random match and you can watch it play out in real time, which is uh, a really uh, a really cool feature for this game. It's incredibly frantic, and the game like there is. It would be nice if you, there was like a bots version where you could be like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play against bots for like." 15 matches or so just so that I can understand the mechanics without feeling guilty for being terrible. Uh, (laughs) You know, where I jump in and I'm playing against real people and, you know, my team keeps losing because I decided to try out the queen and I keep getting killed over and over. Uh, But it's it's essentially um, uh, like a a MOBA, a side-scrolling MOBA with Joust mixed in. Um, Mm. and it's really, really cool. I love the art style so much. And I also like the fact that after each match, you can hit a button that says, yeah, let's mix up the teams so that, um, you know, you're not necessarily like if, if you get, you get on a map and you got these four people who are like incredibly good together, you can mix it up and say, all right, well now, now we've got a, a fighting chance by splitting them up. Although right. you can also play it competitively where it's a team versus a team. Uh, but I think it's a really good game and it's really cheap on Stadia as well. I don't know if the price is still $10 for Pro, uh, but it, it it was $10 for Pro at launch and it was $14 for everybody else. It's a great game. And the other thing that's really cool about it is it is 100% cross-platform so if if like when I loaded it up, I could see people who had little Mario icons uh, next to their uh, name because they were clearly playing on uh, the Nintendo Switch. So it's right. cross-platform across all versions of the game, which is uh, really so really awesome. Yeah, so good. I I really hope that multiple um, games like this come to Stadia, like these big multiplayer co- uh, competitive or cooperative games. Because Stadia really is kind of the best platform for something like that. You can play on your phone, you can play on your PC, you can play on your TV, you can play on your tablet, uh, you kind of play wherever you are. And for a game as quick as Killer Queen Black, where a round can be over in five seconds, or it can be over in five minutes, depending on the the teams that are playing, um, having something that can you can quickly pick up and play on your phone or whatever would be, would be great in the future. So um, this is a, a great title for Stadia. I just really... I really want to know why I don't like this more than I do. And you saying MOBA, that that word um, is kind <laughs> of like my kryptonite. So I think that might be part of it. It the it might be the MOBA roots to this game that is making it not uh, click in my brain for whatever reason. So another 16-bit style game that, that came out on April 1st is Cosmic Star Heroine, which yeah. is an old school style, like Super Nintendo era um, RPG uh, that involves like time travel. It has a very um, uh, 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 Chrono Trigger style of yeah. combat. 
Uh, very, very cool game. Last time that we talked about it, it was just rumored thanks to either Peggy or ESRB leaking it or something. But now it's mm-hmm. officially on Stadia. I haven't played it on Stadia because I've already played it on, I think, two other platforms. So I don't really feel the need to go back to it. But And, and honestly, it's going to run exactly as well on Stadia as it does on those other two platforms. Uh, but, you know, have you played that game, Lloyd? I haven't. It's one of those games that I've always meant to pick up on like either the um, on the Switch or PC or whatever. Uh, haven't. I'm super tempted to just buy the the Stadia version and finally drop into it and play it. Um, so that might happen over the next little bit because uh, this game, the the graphics, the the gameplay and everything is right up uh, right up my alley for sure. All right. If you guys want Lloyd to do a first look at uh, Cosmic Star Heroin, leave a like down below. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next up on Stadia. So that was the the uh, this week in Stadia. Then we have the next up on Stadia. I like oh that they gosh. have this this nomenclature. Um, can we can we just pause for a second and just yeah. say how Stadia PR has been knocking it out of the park? Congratulations to Stadia team. Congratulations to all of their PR partners, everybody that works on it. Uh, we used to get one thing a week, and maybe that was it. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. and now we're getting four drops a week, three drops, two drops. Like it all depends on the week. They're not saving it for that one big email every Tuesday. Um, they're putting out information whenever that they have the information to come out, um, and it really is telling the tale that um, while people said that the closure of uh, SG and E was kind of the the first death rattle of the platform that's clearly not true it's just the platform's going in a bit of a different direction so um yeah congratulations to everybody in the, in the pr you, you're you're killing it right now yeah it's it's been like two or three posts a week uh from them which is awesome like it it's, it's especially awesome for us because it gives us a lot of stuff to talk about which is very very cool um yep. so in the next up on Stadia, there were two things that they mentioned, Floor Kids yeah. and Bloodstained. Now, of these two, one yep. the one that is incredibly unique is the one that's a little less interesting to me, just because I'm I'm not super into this style of game. Uh, that's sure. Floor Kids. Uh, but yep. then the other one is a Castlevania-style game. And, of course, it is because it's from, I believe it's Igarashi, the guy who did, yep. like, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, That's right. Iga, Iga did the uh, the Kickstarter for this one, yeah. and it's come coming to uh, Stadia, which is fantastic. And they uh, both of these games, I've heard nothing but good things about Floor Kids. It just doesn't yep. like a, a breakdancing game is not appealing to me as a gamer. Yep. Uh, but I've I've heard that it's great. Um, have it you is. played Floor Kids? I I have. Um, I played this game on Switch. I absolutely love the game. We we did an interview with the development team, with uh, the people that made it. Uh, the uh, The soundtrack for the game is done by Kid Koala. Uh, it's 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 a breakdancing rhythm action game where you are putting moves together to be the best breakdancer that you can in this world. Uh, it's made by real breakdancers and people that are in kind of the uh, kind of like the the, the kind of the underground uh music slash breakdancing scene so this if you're part of that scene 
you're going to love this game. If you're not, you and you like rhythm action games, you're going to love this game. The game is absolutely fantastic. And for this to come Stadia is is a huge get because I, I don't think a lot of people know about this title unless no. they played it on on Switch or whatever. But this is uh, one of the best uh, one of the best rhythm action games that I've played in the last little bit. Um, and to, to have it come to Stadia is great. And yeah, uh, it's animated by John John and the music's by Kid Koala. So they're all I mean, those names say a lot to a lot of people out there. Uh, if you like the work of John John or Kid Koala, you're going to love this game because uh, kind of the vibe and and the heart uh, from the breakdancing scene is kind of all thrown into this game. It's uh, it's fantastic. I, you know, even though the game does not appeal to me, at, like because I'm not a huge fan of the rhythm action genre, I will say that um, the art style is all like hand-drawn style for those of you who are listening to the show you can't see what it looks like but it's all looks like colored pencils almost on paper i adore the art style and the animation is very very cool as well it's it, there's yeah. there's definitely you can definitely tell just by looking at it that they painstakingly went through and almost like rotoscoped people and then turned those into caricature caricatures well that's a hard <laughs> hard word to say uh turn those rotoscopes into like caricatures in order to get the art style that they had because it's fantastic looking yeah yeah it is uh this this is a really really good title and i'm glad to see it coming to to stadia um as as am i with bloodstained ritual of night uh when the game launched it was rough uh, they came back and they they patched it. They made this game what it should have been at launch. And I've played it on two platforms. I'll play it on a third platform. I love uh, I love Castlevania games. This is kind of a uh, a love letter to Castlevania by the person that made Castlevania that then couldn't make Castlevania anymore because um, Konami and <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, this game is fantastic. If if you loved uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, um, this has some of those elements, and um, they've taken it a little bit further as well. It's uh, it's a really really good uh, Metroidvania title. I, I really like the art style of it as well. Uh, the animation of the main character as they're running around is very very good, and you know everybody says that this game's fantastic i've never played it but i'm definitely looking forward to playing it and i just watched this trailer for the first time shovel knights in this what the hell did you see that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well it's you've seen that with kickstarter games where a lot of the big kickstarter titles kind of work together and they they do uh they, they give like little elements of each other so you can get shovel knight in about 18 different games uh because of that um and yeah there's that that was one thing that was added um after i initially played the game and it was kind of neat to, to see that that was coming well now i di i didn't know that i wanted this but now i want a shovel knight game done in this art style because <laughs> that would be amazing oh my goodness be. i love shovel be, knight sure. all right yeah. so that is the next up on stadia but then we go to the next week because we took a week off and we've got uh, this week on stadia uh, so yeah. first off, you can play Borderlands 3 for free. You've heard Lloyd and I go on and on and on about Borderlands 3 a million times if you've been listening to this. It's a great game. Play mm -hmm. it for free. Um, when is it free? I'm trying to... Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time on April 8th until April 12th. So um, right now, you can still play it for free. If you have yet to try the game and you are a pro subscriber, uh, you definitely want to check it out. But then we've got two other games that were mentioned this week. 
a dark side detective in trials of cold steel four now yeah. uh trials of cold steel four i'm interested in checking out that's uh another jrpg but it's more turn-based um so very very different than ease eight and it's yep. weird how we always lump all jrpgs together but they're really these are two very different genres but they're both jrpgs if that makes sense right and then there's dark side detective which is kind of like a point and click adventure but there's a little confusion here because if you go back and i should have put this in the show notes but if you go back last year sometime they said that Dark Side Detective was going to be a Stadia Pro game when it right. launched, and now it's not, apparently. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe there was some confusion. I know that the uh, Dark Side Detective folks are part of the, um, the Stadia Makers program, mm -hmm. so maybe they thought the fact that there's going to be a pro deal um, is the same as it being free with pro. Maybe there was some miscommunication or maybe there was plans for it to be free uh, with pro. And then that changed, or maybe it's coming next month. There was some miscommunication there, but uh, don't let that stand in the way of you checking out this really fun looking uh, point and click adventure game back to like the old kind of Lucas, Lucas arts uh, kind of style of point and click. Like if you're playing, um, um, I, I don't even I don't even know like Police Quest or King's Quest or um, uh, Guybrush Threepwood uh, could could fit in this world pretty pretty easily. It, it looks fantastic, and as as far as we've come from the point and click adventure genre, uh, it's nice to see um, that genre kind of dropping uh, games every every little while for people that really do love kind of like the point and click adventure uh, games from from back in the day. I'm sure that people have heard me say this before. I love the idea of a point-and-click adventure, but every time I play one, what happens is I get to a puzzle that I think needs to be solved by putting <laughs> A with B. Right. And the developer said, no, no, we solved that by putting C with D. And right. my brain says, well, that's stupid, and I can't figure <laughs> it out, and I get stuck. And it always happens really early on, so I am not going to play this game. But if you're a fan of point-and-click adventures... And this one looks really, really cool. And I do yeah. love the art style. Um, yeah. Let's uh, move on to, you know, you mentioned the Stadia makers. We've got 10 indie games on the way to Stadia. Dark Side Detective is one of those. I'm going right. to list off the other ones real quick. And then we'll talk about, like, the ones that we're most interested in. So Dark Side Detective, uh, 100 Days, Foreclosed. Figment 2, She Dreams Elsewhere, Marique's Market, Grime, Death Carnival, Jay and Silent Bob, Chronic Blunt Punch, and Sky Climbers. All right, I'm going to let you go first. Of those, pick two that speak to Lloyd. Okay, well, I'm going to be picking from the fourth column in the image that they put together. Uh, Death Carnival and Jane Silent Bob Chronic Death Punch or Chronic Blunt, Blunt Punch uh, are both games that I am super interested uh, in. I had no idea that Death Carnival was a game until I watched the trailer. It looks like a, a spiritual successor to um, Smash TV and Total Carnage. It, it looks fantastic. 3D uh, top-down dual stick action. Um, so I'm excited for that one. And Jane Silent Bob Chronic Blunt Punch looks like just a ridiculously fun side-scrolling beat-em-up. Um, this is done by the same team that did the last Jane Silent Bob game, which was a NES game 
that you could actually play on an NES that was then ported to a bunch of different platforms as as a different game. I can't remember what that one was called, but I love that. Um, they showed trailers after that game came out of what um, Jay and Silent Bob Chronic Blunt Punch was, and they kickstarted it. I believe it was on Kickstarter. So this has been around for a while. I found it through the fact that I picked up the uh, the NES styled version, and then I saw what this was going to be, and it reminds me of the uh, Streets of Rage Four um, title, where mm-hmm. it's really high quality hand drawn art, uh, side scrolling beat 'em up. It looks like it's so so much fun and of course kevin smith in the chat room is ha- is happy for oh. jane silent bob chronic <laughs> one punch that that makes sense kevin um but yeah this game this game speaks to me i i love uh i love kevin smith um both kevin smith's i guess the one that's in our chat room and uh kevin smith the filmmaker if they're not the same person gotta um, be the same I love person all, I, I love all his movies i love jane silent bob um one of my one of my favorite comedy series where if you just want to unplug your brain for an evening and you want to laugh they're they're great for that and to play that in side scrolling beat em up form uh, is just going to make me so happy. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you on Death Carnival. That one definitely looks good. I'm also with you on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, or not Strike Back. That's the movie. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob Chronic Blunt Punch. But the game that that got my attention the most uh, for me was Grime. Uh, this Grime is a so side scrolling style game and it looks so like the art style is so so cool um fast forwarding to uh the actual gameplay footage i love the world that they are building here now what you notice what i notice when i'm looking at this is that there is no ui yeah and i hope that that's the case i hope that as you're playing this there is no ui no numbers on the screen uh showing you what's happening I think that this looks awesome, and I love the move set that this uh, main character seems to have. It looks yeah. fantastic, and there's this moment where they are, where somebody throws a spear at him, and he catches it and throws it back. And I was just like, "Oh yeah. man, that looks really yeah. cool." Or everything or sucks up other, or sucks up other things into black holes, and then shoots them back at the other at the other enemy and stuff. It, it looks it looks like the combat in this game is pretty fantastic. Yeah, this game looks really awesome. And so if I were when I was going to pick, I was going to pick Grime and I was going to pick um Jay and Silent Bob's uh <laughs> right. game because they're both side scrollers and I do love a good side scroller. Um yeah. and you know, let us know in chat which of those games is the one that appeals to you the most uh because we're definitely interested in what you have to say about that. All definitely. right, anything else for that stuff? Uh, no, just it, it's great to see Sony or Sony Stadia partnering with um, a bunch of smaller devs uh, to, to put their games on the platform. Um, Microsoft has their own program to do that. Sony has their own program to do that, which is a little bit less um, less clear what, what you have to go through to get into that program as a developer. Um, seeing Stadia work so uh, closely with these more independent developers is such a good thing. Um, Stadia is a great platform for for, develop, for developing games, and uh, if you can develop games easily, especially in COVID times, and then uh, release your title onto Stadia and and have people pick it up and play it, uh, it's got to be a great feeling for all these people. So, uh, congrats to the ten devs that were shown off in this. Um, I don't know, Stadium Makers uh, wrap-up of 10 games. Uh, hopefully this is just the start of um, of things to come from the Stadium Makers program. All right, let's uh, move on to Crowdplay. This is where we talk about the things that you guys want us to talk about. 
Um, earlier today, Sukotronic sent in a super chat with no message along with it. So thank you very much for that, Sukotronic. And I need to uh, bring this up here. There we go. Uh, then Anthony Talkett sent in a super chat. He said, there are some rumors that PS5 will integrate their own version of Game Pass with PS Now and movie rentals. In my opinion, Google should add music or movies too to try and compete. Thoughts? Uh, so listen, Anthony, first off, thank you very much for the support. I think that absolutely Google needs to have some kind of um, combo where, because I, I subscribe to YouTube Premium. That way I don't get any ads on YouTube because I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, I don't get any ads on YouTube. It comes with uh, music. It also sometimes comes with like a free subscription, not subscription, a free membership to uh, like a YouTuber, but it's not always there. Like Twitch has it so that it's always there. You can always subscribe to somebody as part of your subscription, which is great. Um, YouTube premium needs to do that. But I sure. would love to see a combo that brings in Stadia Pro into that, you know, at a, at a couple more bucks a month or something like that. I think yeah. that they would grab a lot of people. Uh, and I, I would prefer that uh, they expand what you get with a subscription like that instead of locking 4K behind the subscription. Because, look, I'm sure that there are people who subscribe to Stadia Pro because they want 4K. Right. But my guess is if you asked most people who subscribe to Stadia Pro, why do you subscribe to Stadia Pro? Most of them will say, for the games that I get as part of it each month. I think that sure. that's what most people would probably say. What do you think about Anthony's idea, Lloyd? Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, Sony doing that makes total sense. And if Sony and Microsoft are, are having sort of a Game Pass thing, having some benefits to Stadia and other other cloud pat platforms would, would make sense as well. Um, I'm paying for YouTube Premium. I'm paying for Google One. I'm paying for um, for Stadia Pro subscriptions uh, in the house because of uh, my kids playing Stadia. It's... Um, it would be nice if there was an easier way to do it. Like if they had Google One actually was the one service uh, from Google that gives you access to everything. That would be fantastic. Um, I, I'd love to. I'd love to see that for sure. Yes, include like um, the Google Photos unlimited thing with Google yeah. One and the, and and uh, you know your your Google Drive storage and YouTube Music sure. and Stadia Pro and like include all of that stuff. I think that that would be uh, definitely good. Uh, 4, 4K, 4K makes sense to be locked behind the pro thing. Um, I, I get I get both sides why it's there and why maybe it shouldn't be there. I understand both both arguments. The one feature that I'd love for Stadia Pro that um, would would make my life much easier would be the the ability to pause a game for more than ten minutes, like maybe uh, the ability to pause a game for thirty minutes. Because if I have to go up and do something with the kids or um, or or eat, uh, I don't always want to save quit shut down stadia go do that come back fire stadia back up and 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 i don't know load up my save game it'd be nice if i could just pause the game for a half hour before the stadia blade kicks me off um that would be a really cool feature and probably easy for stadia to add uh, or for google to add rather to stadia would be to do that i understand more people that are pausing games less blades that are available for people that want to play games i understand there's probably a a, a push and pull conversation that has to be hap or that has to happen for for google to 
to, to come up with that 10 minute number. Um, but the, the number of times where if I just had like an extra five minutes of pausing, I wouldn't have to, I don't know, miss out on some, some gameplay because you can't save at every point in whatever game I'm playing. It would be, uh, it'd be really nice if they could expand that particular aspect of, um, of Stadia and add it as a bonus for Stadia pro members. And, and you know what? It, I have a counter to that. Instead of doing that, which you're right, does tie up blades and, and makes it so that less people are able to play or whatever. Although I've never run into an issue where I wanted to play and I couldn't, that that's not right. the case on, on the other cloud platforms, but on right. Stadia, I've never been like said, I want to play a game and I can't play a game right now. It's never happened to me. Um, yep. But what I think would be a better implementation is if they just save states. Yeah. Use save states uh, where you just yeah. hit a button and um, you know, like if I hit a button and shut the game off and then come back later. And if, I, if the first thing I do is like when I power on my controller, if I hit that button, load that last state save state that I was in and put me exactly where I was because that'd be great. It would be amazing. I, I have been playing a stupid amount of monster hunter rise on my nintendo switch and i didn't save for i think like 20 hours because (laughs) i never had to shut the game off i just when i finished i hit the home button and closed and 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 closed it and um you know then when pac-man 99 came out i was like i went to start it and it was like do you want to save before you quit and i was like oh my god (laughs) saved Uh, so yeah i saved but but like that kind of thing, it exists on Nintendo, it exists on PlayStation, it exists on Microsoft. Stadia is the only console where you can't just hit a button and walk away and come back yeah. later and jump right back into exactly where you were before. And, you know, you look at a game like Dragon Quest Eleven S. Sometimes you go yeah. a, long, a long time without a save. And yeah. like I get to a point and I'm like, well, damn it, I have things I have to go do. I'm going to mm-hmm. lose all of the progress that I made because I didn't quite make it to the place that I needed to go to before yeah. I had to shut the game off. And that's really, really frustrating. And, of course, that that's on the game designers for not letting me save whenever I feel like it. But, you know, Google could give us something to alleviate that symptom. It would be nice. I understand there's going to be a lot of difficulty doing something like that because um, let's just say there's 16 gigs of RAM in a blade. Uh, we don't really know exactly how much RAM is there, what is used by the blade, what is used by game devs. Well, let's just throw a random number, 16 gigs. Um, when you hit a save state, it would have to take that 16 gigs and write it to disk somewhere, but then put it somewhere that is accessible to every single blade that is that you could possibly be playing on. So there, there there'd be some some pretty big engineering that would have to be done by Google to get that sorted out. But they have some of the smartest people in the world working for them. So I'm sure they would be able to do that. Um, I, I use the quick resume or whatever they call it on Xbox all the time when you just want to fire up a game and be right where you were left off. It, it Once you use it, you under, you, you, try, you start to think, why, why hasn't like the game industry always had this? Like, why isn't this something I could always do? able to do that on stadia for the last game that you played even if it's only that it would be uh it would be fantastic um if they could if they could add that in the future because some games take two minutes to start up even though the the stream starts in 30 seconds the actual game getting to the point where you can actually control stuff with it with your sticks and buttons uh does take some time so yeah that would be another great feature 
Well, let's move on to a uh, uh, super chat from Bernard Baker. Uh, he sent in a super chat. Thank you very much for the support, Bernard. And he said with Google's, sorry, I'm going to hit a button here. Uh, with Google's PR experience, experience with events, connects slash good stuff versus constant weekly announcement posts, which method do you think that they should stick with? I'm going to let hmm. you go first. Um, I think both. Uh, that's kind of, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ruining your question by saying both, but I think um, the the daily trickle or weekly trickle of news through press releases makes uh, the most sense for us, the content creators, the super fans, the people that want to write articles on uh, Ars Technica and Kotaku and and all the other blogs out there. That steady trickle of news is good because it gives uh, it gives people the constant slap that hey, Stadia is a thing. Remember, Stadia is a thing. Um, but the big connects is where you get the eyeballs of people that don't follow those gaming blogs, aren't in the uh, Team Stadia uh, following that hashtag or whatever. Um, it hits the people that aren't those that are already getting inundated with Stadia news. So I think both are important. Um, but I really love the change that they've made to having regular weekly, multiple weekly posts instead of just the one Tuesday post. And if something breaks on Wednesday, well, you don't find about it find out about it until the next Tuesday. Uh, I like the the small little tweak that they did in their uh, in their PR to to do multiple weekly um, emails and blog posts uh, about all the big stadium news. And and I agree with everything you said. I'm just going to add in that I also really do like the 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 hype around big announcements. It's yeah. fun. It's really fun. I it is. However, it's dangerous. So I think that if they do Stadia Connects or, and this would be bad for us as content creators that cover this, um, but if they do that, they should always do a shadow drop. Like they should yep. just go, here's a Stadia Connect and everybody's yep. caught flat foot and we're like, what? And why is that bad for us? Because our biggest spike in views is always around those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And especially if we're live covering it, like we'll have thousands of people or thousands. We'll have over a thousand people here watching us cover it, which is super fun and right. awesome. And it helps us a lot, but I think it's bad for the platform as a whole, because whenever they announce it ahead of time, everybody starts speculating me too. We start speculating. And then when things that we speculate about don't happen, people get real salty. And I think that that's <laughs> always a bad thing. So for, for Stadia, keep doing those weekly things. Also do a Stadia Connects, good stuff, that kind of thing. But when you do those things, do not pre-announce them at all. Just say, yeah. bam, here's a thing, and everybody's kind of blown away. Instead of having them say, hey, we're going to do a thing on Friday, and we'll, everybody spends all week predicting what's going to happen and then get salty when it doesn't happen. Anyway, uh, yeah. thank you very much, Bernard, for the uh, super chat. SciTech Nerd, I like that name. Uh, he, he sent in a super chat. Thank you for the support. He said, or or she said, I don't know. I'm not I'm not judging your uh, gender on this. This says, did you guys know Microsoft just inadvertently gave Stadia a boost with the upcoming Chromium-based, whoops, that scrolled on me, Chromium-based Edge coming to Xbox. Stadia works great. Um, yeah, we knew about that. I think Lloyd is in the beta, but not, at the right level of beta to test that yet. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I haven't checked recently to see if I got a, a new um, circle push out or whatever they call whatever they call their their groups, the rings, whatever they call it. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm I don't think I have that new version of uh, of edge yet. I'm gonna have to double check um, and 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 see. But but yeah, the the fact that you have a full standards compliant browser on your console means that you can use all standards compliant services on that console. It means other streaming services for video, other streaming services for audio, podcast players, um, YouTube, uh, and Stadia, and PlayStation Now, and and Luna, and all the other streaming services. So you could buy the one five hundred dollar box and then have access to absolutely everything. It just makes total sense, and it takes what Microsoft has been doing for the last couple of years where they want they want Xbox to be ubiquitous with uh, gaming. They don't want it to be ubiquitous with Xbox gaming, but just gaming in general. And that's why you get uh, you get you get a lot of that advertising uh, where they they just want to get out there in the world. That's why there's rumors that Game Pass is coming to like Switch and other consoles uh, with big deals in the future. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, uh, it, it's, it's smart for Microsoft to do that uh, instead of the the normal gatekeeping thing that uh, platform holders usually do. Like um, Sony. Sony famously <laughs> famously said, "Well, we don't we don't want to do crossplay because we want to we want to protect our players, which is just the the biggest cop out ever." Um, yeah. And uh, it, it's kind of funny when you look back at that comment because it's just that no part of that statement is true but okay um and then you see what microsoft is doing and it's kind of the other end of the spectrum compared to sony yeah all right let's move on to darren pogue sending a super chat he said uh, thank you very much darren he didn't say that i'm saying that uh he said do you think stadia needs to improve pro to include new releases and expand the library to compete against game pass given it's the same price uh i think Hmm. they're wildly different I yeah. look in the short term game pass is a like if you subscribe for a month game pass is absolutely a better deal if you subscribe for one month if you subscribe for a year I think that stadia pro is a better deal and the reason why I think it's a better deal is because you get to keep those games that you are subscribed to Whereas with Game Pass, they rotate in and out, kind of like HBO back in the 80s where they would be like, this month you can watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, and next month you won't be able to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I know that there's always going to be people who say, but then they give you a discount on the game if you want to buy it after the fact, and that's true. But in the long term, over a long period of time, I think that Stadia Pro is a better deal. Now... Would giving us new releases make it an even better deal? Yeah, of course. I think that's a great idea. Yep. Whether or not Google can get can, is willing to pony up the dough in order to get third-party uh, people on board with saying, oh, and by the way, Outriders is free with Stadia Pro... That's a question that has to be asked. Now, obviously, Microsoft just did that. Like they yeah. said, you know what? We're going to ha- include that in Game Pass. But the the thing about that is, I'm sure that Microsoft went there and said, here you go, Square Enix. Here's a bunch of money. Um, right. Let us put it on Game Pass. But Square Enix knows that eventually it's going to rotate out of Game Pass. And if people really like the game, then they're going to need to buy it anyway. Whereas right. with Stadia Pro, once you claim a game, 
it's yours as long as you're subscribed. And so I think that if you want to get, um, I think that if you want to get third parties on board with that kind of thing, you either have to a significantly increase the amount of money that you are, that you will give them in order to get it on Stadia pro or B have a part of Stadia pro that is that rotational, uh, kind of force where things come in and go out. And that's a lot more like Game Pass, which honestly, if Stadia had launched with a service that was like Game Pass and not like Stadia Pro, I think that the story would be wildly different, but I don't think it would be as good of a deal. What do you think sure. about that, Lloyd? Yeah, I I, I, I like everything that you said. Um, the the thing that, uh, that kind of changed the idea of big games coming to coming to Stadia Pro for me was the the shutting of SG&E. You mm-hmm. always knew that if Stadia made a game, it was going to be part of Pro and it would be always be part of Pro and it, it would be kind of like Game Pass in that um in in that case where Microsoft buys a studio, they they buy Zenimax and all of a sudden every Doom, Quake, uh uh, I don't know, Elder Scrolls, all those games, Fallout are all just appearing on the service. Um, without internal development, I think that's going to be tougher for Stadia to do. But uh, I'd love like the next big AAA game, a multi-platform AAA game to be free with Pro and $60, $70 on every other platform, similar to what Microsoft did with Outriders. You got to mm-hmm. think Outriders is free on Game Pass because they're using Azure uh, as their server backend. I think Microsoft said, hey, if you use our servers instead of one of the other guys, we'll give you this big chunk of money. You won't have to pay for your servers, and then we can give the game away for free as part of Game Pass, and it's going to be a benefit both sides, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm sure there was some behind-the-deals uh, talks that, uh, to, to that um, to, to, to kind of that subject where user servers will we'll give them to you for free because we want to get them out there into the gaming world. Um, I don't think... I don't think Stadia has that kind of uh, carrots to put on a stick right now, um, but hopefully they do in the future. And hopefully it's not just a carrot is here's a big, a big ton of money and we'll, we'll give your game away. Cause I don't think that is really going to be um, something that um, is, can be supported for a long time. Pend- spending tens of millions of dollars to get a big AAA onto Stadia Pro. Uh, I don't think they can do that for very many months before uh, the the, <laughs> the bean counters say, hey, wait a second, <laughs> this column in the spreadsheet is way bigger than it should be. What's <laughs> happening here? Um, so yeah, we'll have to see how the how the service evolves. Um, but we are getting this 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 month that just hit april we got resident evil 7 spongebob squarepants and ease 8 which are all um big triple a games and then we got pikuniku which is a really great indie game so we are getting those big triple a games they're just not new day and date triple a games in the service yeah but they're new to me and that's really i mean exactly if, if you already played those games then i can understand why you would be a little disappointed in that but more often than not i'm sure that they when you're when you're dropping like four games a month yeah. for $10. I think that's a really good deal. And chances are probably at least one of them you've never played before. And I think that that's pretty compelling. Ruben DeGeeling sent in a super chat. Thank you very much for the support. He said, the Nerd Nest Cat Track and Fantastic Beard Fund. Oi, guys, I need new ideas for new funds. Please provide ideas. Save Stadia isn't a thing either. I don't know what he means by Save Stadia. Do you know what he means by that? I don't know. Okay, maybe I don't was, know what you mean by that. Yeah, maybe something uh, the uh, 
I don't know the maybe there's a new hashtag that that we've we haven't seen because of all the other hashtags that are out there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so it, Ruben, thank you very much for the support. We really do appreciate it. As far as funds, I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> do you have any ideas the, uh, for him? The I have no idea fund. There you go. The I have no idea fund. I'm sure that there'll be something that I'll come up with that I want to use to improve the stream. And when I do, I'll let you know. Uh, but sure. thank you very much for the support. You're awesome. And thank you to everybody for the support. Real quick, I'm going to scroll through our recent... I'm not going to read them all off because there's a lot of them. But I'm going to scroll through our recent members. That's a lot of members. So thank yeah. you guys very much for the support. We do appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Uh, like, honestly, I, it blows me away every time I look at that. And I'm like, holy cow, you guys are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I... I Again, we we took a week off, and I was worried that there'd be some blowback. Everyone was super supportive. Everyone understood that we wanted to spend Easter Sunday with our with our family. That was great, and just to see the support over the last little bit has just been wonderful. So again, we we say it, I, I say it often, but I, I can't say it enough. Which is, um, yeah, thanks everybody. We appreciate you coming out and spending your time on Sundays with us, listening to the podcast, sharing our content commenting on our content, watching our first looks, uh, dropping uh, funny comments in uh, Discord. Uh, every little bit of it makes uh, uh, the, the, the days easier to uh, to get through when there's such an awesome community uh, as we have here on NerdNest. And speaking of the NerdNest community, there's one thing that I wanted to talk about very quick before we get out of here. I know we're going long today, but I definitely wanted to mention this. Discord has a new feature uh, called The Stage. And I experimented with it earlier on this week or, or last week. It is really, really cool. And I, I anticipate that I'm going to be using it for open mics in the future. Uh, but basically, uh, there's a stage on our community Discord. There's a link in the description down below. And um, thanks, thanks, Ruben. Ruben, <laughs> <laughs> he's funny. Um, uh, there's a link in the description down below so you can join our Discord but basically what I think I might be doing is or the way that the stage works is I can open it up and I can be up on the stage. I called it the arcade um, and we can all be in the arcade kind of listening together, but then people can like raise their hand and be like, hey, I have a, a thing that I want to talk about and I can then bring them up into the stage. They can with voice say their question or comment and then I can respond to this or, or Lloyd can or whatever. Uh, and we're going to be using that more in the future, I think. We, we can't use it during the actual show because our cameras only work in Discord and we can't open two things at the same time. So, uh, But we'll do like open mics and stuff like that with it. And sometimes we, we've done it last week where it was just there was no content created. I didn't record it or anything. We just sat down and had conversations with people, and it was really, really fun. Uh, so if you haven't joined our Discord, check out the link in the description down below and uh, absolutely join. And we just had a, a bunch of people who are – we just had Ruben DeGilang sent in uh, another super chat saying the No Idea Fund, that's not very creative. <laughs> and um, Gotta Mind Animation sent in a super chat as well. Thank you very much for that. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, man? Uh, it looks like Got a Mind had a question that wasn't included with the oh. super chat. A after the success of um, CP twenty seventy seven, the strategy of closing down their studio and forcing it, uh, focusing on luring AAA games, made sense to me. Yet there was hysteria in the media. How does how does Stadia avoid bad press? 
Um, good question. I, I think it's kind of too late. That cat's out of the bag. They uh, closing down SG&E was a huge article, which is still out there. Like um, some Android blog, was it Android Central? Um, Maybe. Said, I think that's what it was, said like Google's five biggest misses. And one of it was Stadia. Or uh, one of failures, I think, was what they used, and they said Stadia because SG&E closed down, which is just like, what? How is that? How could you get from point A to point B with that line of thought? I don't understand. But anyway, um, I I think the the fact that they've uh, they've ripped off the bandaid instead of pulling it off slowly was a good thing for for Google. Uh, hopefully, if Stadia's around in five ten years, people will forget that that even happened and. Uh, Google will will invest in other game studios, but um, there really is no way to avoid uh, bad press. It seems like the the bulk of the gaming industry doesn't want to admit that cloud streaming is a thing that a lot of people prefer. It's the butt of all the jokes still. Um, it's going to take a while for that to go away. Um, just as it was going away, SG&E closed down and then it all kind of came rushing back. So hopefully time will uh, keep that from happening. Yeah, and you know what? I, I tweeted this out, but there's a lot of people who send me messages. I get a lot of my DMs on Twitter are open. So people send me a lot of DMs on Twitter and they're like, hey, Bill, how come you don't defend Stadia against these bad articles or something like that? And my my answer to that is always because I don't care what these other people think of Stadia. I care what I think of Stadia. I like it. I think it's a fantastic platform and I like playing on it, which is why when there's a good article, I don't I tend not to say anything when there's a bad article. I tend not to say anything because the opinion that I that that people should care about is their own. Like you should care about your opinion more than you care about Kotaku's opinion, because honestly, Kotaku, while maybe they uh, post a bad thing about Stadia, that's that's their job. Their their job is to analyze the the market and their job is to get clicks and i'm not saying that any any article that puts stadia in a bad light is just clickbait and i'm not saying that any article that puts stadia in a good light is this fantastic um journalism or whatever but what you have to realize is that if you ask the majority of gamers out there what do you think of stadia i would say probably most of them would say i don't know what that is (laughs) <laughs> most of them yeah, would not know what it accurate. is the people who are constantly saying horrible things about it are a very small minority and the people who are even who, who are constantly shouting to the rooftops about how great it is are a very small minority the vast majority of care of of gamers are unaware and that's just going to take time to make them aware and as they play yeah. games on any screen without having to worry about installs or downloads, that's going to change a lot of people's mind, or that's going to uh, make a lot of people believers in cloud gaming. Does that make Correct. sense, Lloyd? 100%. I, I couldn't have said it better myself, Bill. That That is exactly why. Um, we're, we're, here to, we're here to release content uh, on this channel um, of games that we love, uh, things that we love, geeky things that we're into. Um, we're not here to, to cheerlead. And um, I know a lot of people are disappointed at that fact. And that's cool, too. Everyone has their own opinions. And uh, we're, we're here to do what we do. And hopefully the people that are watching us do it uh, enjoy it as much as we uh, enjoy creating that content. All right, that's it for this episode of StadiaCast. Remember, if you want to be here live with us, 10 a.m., 
uh, U.S. Eastern on Sundays over at nerdnest.tv. And if you're listening to this either live or you're watching it on the YouTube channel and you're like, you know what? This would be a pretty good podcast. Well, guess what? It is a podcast. <laughs> Just go to your favorite podcast player, search for StadiaCast, and hit subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything, and it absolutely helps us out. So uh, thanks, everybody, for being here and hanging out with us. Lloyd, why don't you tell everybody goodbye? Yeah, take it easy, everybody. It was uh, great being back after a week off. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us and uh, keeping us honest. And uh, let us know in the comments if you want me to do first looks of all the games we talked about that I was on the fence about. Um, drop a drop a comment and we'll see what we can do.